I, I moved out to Boulder, Colorado for a reason, and it was to run, and it was to get better, it was to get faster, and it was to, to do stuff that like people have told me I, I can't do. Hey guys, thank you for tuning into another edition of our Roots Running Sessions podcast. Today I'm sitting down with Lexi Zeiss. We're going to recap a little bit about her marathon experience back in December at the Marathon Project and talk a little bit about the Gate River Run that's coming up this weekend. Um, so Lexi, thank you for joining me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so you got Gate River coming up in three days. You fly out tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah. Sometime tomorrow, I can't remember. Yeah, and that's going to take place down in Jacksonville, Florida. It's the U.S. 15K Championships. The field is pretty loaded, to say the least. Um, you have a couple of the new Olympians that just uh, qualified for the marathon this last year in Sally Kipiego and Molly Seidel. Um, some very accomplished runners that'll that'll be competing for that U.S. title. Um Kind of talk a little bit about what you're looking forward to. One of the first road races to return, the elite road races in the pandemic. Yeah, um, so it's kind of crazy to think because this was the last elite road race that happened last year before everything shut down. I mean, I didn't race in it, but I had teammates there. So um, it's also my first race of the new year. So I think just there's a lot of excitement around like, Hey, it's another, it's finally a USA champs race. Um, and that's why it's going to be loaded throughout the whole year with any type I think of us champs race, just because we had basically a whole year of nothing. Yeah. And when you get to the fall marathons, all those fields will be loaded. Everyone's yeah. just excited to compete. Yeah. Um, so I just think like, it's going to be fast. Um, who knows, maybe someone could break the 15 K. U.S. record. Record, yeah. Um, the field is definitely good enough to yeah. give that a run. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, do you remember, you did this race back in 2019, and, I mean, you and I would both agree that it was it was not your best performance by any means. You weren't necessarily in the best shape at the time, to be fair. Um, but do you remember much of the course other than everyone knows about the green monster, the hill, at the end of the at the end of the race? Um, I do actually remember this race quite well because I think it's because it was not a good race for me. Um, I remember the full like first three miles and then I don't really remember much of the middle of it. All I do remember is that I saw a dead possum on the side of the road. <laughs> okay. Um, there was one of those because uh, I was by myself for a good time. and I remember coming to the big hill and I'm like, well, Here's nothing. Um, I already kind of shut down before I hit that hill, so it was not a very... Uh, it was mentally defeating. I would say that race that year was definitely a learning experience. Um, yeah, because at that point, it was still one of your first big road races. I think it was only your second U.S. championship at that point. I think yeah. you had done the 10-mile champs as your first one. Um so definitely still pretty new to road racing this time around. Not that you're a veteran by any means. You're still, what, second youngest on our team. Yeah. Up in, You were the youngest up until maybe a month ago. Um, what are you the ripe old age of 24? 
but you've been a post-collegiate runner now for almost three years. Um, so not that you're the oldest runner in the race by any means, but you definitely have a little bit more experience than the last time you, you went into this. Um, and you're coming off a couple big performances with the marathon project and a big track PR back in December. Um, going back to the beginning of last year, the marathon project was your second marathon experience in December, but your first marathon experience was the Olympic trials. You had qualified with a half marathon time running 71.35 or 32, which was a big PR for you at Houston. Um, And it was like you had already hit a half marathon qualifier, but that increased your half marathon performance for that qualification period. That got you into the Olympic trials. You're a fairly low mileage runner to begin with, and that Olympic trials was on a very strength hilly course. Um, kind of talk about that experience. I know it wasn't the outcome necessarily that you wanted. I think you ran what, 244? I ran exactly 245.05. So 245.05 for your first marathon experience, but it's like our goal going in was for you to enjoy being in the atmosphere Mm -hmm. of the Olympic trials, not necessarily contend for a top 10 finish necessarily. Um, but kind of go through what that experience was like, the distance itself, especially I think your highest mileage week was 70 miles a week going into that. I was definitely very grateful to be there. Uh, it was very chaotic, lots and lots of people. Um, and I was nervous, but I also knew that I was like, I have nothing to really like lose from running this. I mean, I've never ran a marathon. I'm I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm, when I'll like run one for real, like at the time. Um, and like after Houston, I felt really confident in my training, but I also knew that like there's people that are still running like 80 to 100 mile weeks to run this marathon and I'm still trying to hit 70 miles. Um, consistently too. Consistently. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because we say you ran 70 miles, but I think you maybe ran three or four maybe. miles at uh, three or four weeks at that. Yeah. Most of it was in the 65 range. Yeah. Um, which is like, I would say during the marathon, I liked it. Um, would say the course was not the funnest. It was just hill after hill. And yeah. by that third lap, it was kind of like, just get up the hill and get back down. It was definitely a grinding race. Um, I, there were moments I wanted to quit, but I knew I would have beat myself up if I would have done that. Um, how did you handle like the, the idea of taking in fluid during it? Cause you didn't get a ton of practice going in. I didn't, but, but I, it was so easy for me. Um, I didn't have any problem with it. I know my last bottle was the flat Coke bottle that we did in I kept, I held on to that thing until it was gone. I was like, it's like a godsend. It was really one of those. It was. Uh, I remember, like I know the last one was a ten mile loop because mm-hmm. they had to add on and. That's we, a hard section. That was, was a hard section. And yeah. everyone was talking about, oh, it's not that bad. Like you'll get over this hill and then it's perfectly fine. I was like, it was not. Like there was this last like steep hill with like two miles to go, and I was like. Somebody stopped and walked right in front of me, and I was like, this is what I mean. Yeah. Um, But I think 
I don't know where I read it or who said it, but somebody said something. I think I saw it on Twitter about feel the 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 pain of the marathon before you run your real marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something along those lines, and I do think I'm very thankful that I, I I got to feel that. Like I may have not performed well, but like mentally, I went through that roller coaster of emotions that happen in a in a marathon that can happen. So did it make you nervous coming off of that? Obviously, knowing what that felt like at that point, did it make you excited for another marathon at the time? Or did it make you nervous based on how your body felt? I think it made me excited to do it because like I I made it through that marathon without quitting, even with all the emotions that were going through my mind. Um, I was like, okay, if I still ran a 245 marathon um, in these conditions with this like low mileage that I've been doing um and not as many weeks we didn't have many weeks for me to build up because I know I came off an injury Mm -hmm. that was so it kind of shortened it a little bit yeah that was November December time yeah and so I knew it was like it was gonna hurt and I think the hurt of feeling that made me mentally stronger knowing training for another marathon it made me want to do better now, it's crazy to think, obviously, like the atmosphere, the, the Olympic trials carries a certain excitement, obviously, just from the atmosphere itself with all the competitors that are there to compete. There's a heightened level of anxiety that you can feel at the hotel going in. But then everyone has friends and family and relatives and coworkers that are coming in to watch. Atlanta did a great job, too, bringing out a lot of the local high school kids and so you had a lot of high school cross country teams that were lining the course. It was like a wall of sound. It was through, loud. It, through a lot of it. It. There was never a quiet spot. Yeah. At all, I don't remember one quiet spot. And that can be energizing as much as it could be. Also, like if you're not having a great race, it could be somewhat a little defeating. But it's still, mm-hmm. it's it's encouraging to see the number of spectators that were out there. Did you find yourself watching? the leaders coming back the other direction just to see how the race was unfolding. Yeah. I, I remember looking over um, at them, especially the the point where it was like the wraparound. Um, I can't remember. It's like we came through and they By were the already turning line. left to go the other way. Oh, we were, I see. Like, yeah. Through. Yeah. Um, and so like, I remember, I remember, it cle- I remember seeing them clearly the first loop. Um, the first loop was very chaotic. Let's say there was, when we went to our, what got our first bottle stop, I mean, you had us carry those bottles, For the first especially, part, yeah. which was very smart because there was a, in the first bottles, people knocked over some people's bottles and a box threw up, flew out in front of it. It was, mm-hmm. it was very crazy, but yeah. So what Lexi's referring to is every competitor at the Olympic trials got personal fluids at a lot of the major marathons, personal fluids is allocated to maybe the top 30 females, 30 males, and the tables are pretty spaced out. This was like, what, 700? Was it 700 women or 700 total competitors? I think it was almost almost 700 total competitors, I believe. Yeah, I can't remember. And this, like- this may, It might have been 700 total women. I can't remember if it was 700 women or 700 total competitors. But everyone got fluids accounted for. 
which made it really chaotic when you're getting your first bottle table. What was it, two miles or three miles yeah, in? Yeah, it was like three miles in. Yeah, so what I had our athletes do was they carried a bottle, just a, hand, a small handheld bottle for their first two bottle stations so they wouldn't even have to mess with trying to find their bottle, pick up their bottle at those first two stops. Um, just anticipating it was going to be chaotic, which yeah, it ended course. up being. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think somebody had posted on social media a picture of the front of the women's field at like the mile point, and it was just a sea of women that you see going yeah. down that that row. Yeah. Um, now there's been a lot of debate afterwards about what the standards might be going into 2024. What are your like? You were one of the half qualifiers. There's some people that said they should eliminate the half standard to begin with. I'm I'm against that because I think. If somebody's fast enough to run a really aggressive half standard, um, they should be allowed in the field. Molly Seidel was a half qualifier. Mm -hmm. She ends up being an Olympian. Um, but based on total size, did you feel like it was too big? Did you like seeing the the big numbers? Um, could you see it being condensed a little bit more? I'm I'm all for everybody wanting to experience something like that, but I do believe that it was too much. I believe that the Olympic trials is something that everyone wants to get to. Um, they want to experience that, and if we're seeing this amount of women already like hitting that mark, like I think the men's field was a perfect size. Yeah, I, I forget they what had, their total number was. It was around 270 yeah, or 320, something like that. Yeah, like the perfect size for an Olympic trials. Which tends to be, like, when you look back at histories of the field, it ranges between 180 to 250 mm -hmm. per gender. Yeah, I think I remember seeing something that somebody posted, like, a, like over the past, like, 20 years of, like, the Olympic trials and, like, the amount of women to men that have qualified. And mm -hmm. I think... I don't think that the half should also lead that that needs to stay because it is an aggressive or oh, it's it's 73 flat and I think that's pretty aggressive that's yeah. already like 534 pace something like that and they had made that the 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 mark that it was in 2016 was 74 mm -hmm. so they made it aggressive by a minute for that which I was fine with mm -hmm. um yeah, but 245 I mean that was slowing it down from where it was in 2016 from mm -hmm. 242 like or they had slowed it down almost to like a year before the 2016 trials. I will have no problem if they want to speed it back up to 242 or even make it a delineating like 240 because yeah. there's still going to be a large field. If you go back and you look at the list, there is a huge chunk of women between 242 to 245. Yeah. And I, I think we like, I'm all for rising woman like getting them like encouraging encouraging them like yeah. let's do this but i think if we have a faster standard you're going to get more women that want to work hard to get that standard and it was it was it, part of it was the shoe stuff right because the there shoe technology that too. like that came out in what 2018 2017 yeah. so it started affecting that like big wave of numbers and of course they didn't know that because for sure the standard was already made yeah and um, and that's now like you're going to see more of that. I mean, what we saw at the marathon project with how many women run faster, ran faster, men included, um, you're just seeing larger people willing to take a shot at faster times. Mm -hmm. And some of that could be partially because of belief with the shoes that yeah. they can, they can also hit those times. 
So I think we'll see more aggressive standards, but to what extent will be yeah. interesting. Yeah, I I think I think it's gonna get cut down, especially after that. So I think the A standard could stay, but I think the B standard will get faster. Get faster, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because coming off of the trials, it ended like we obviously we entered the pandemic, but I think it it allowed you a chance to fully recover after we didn't have to kind of force the envelope of like mm -hmm. trying to get back in shape to try to hit a track standard, which is what Aaliyah had to do back in 2016, which yeah. was tough to do. Um, did you find it challenging getting motivated or returning to training, not just because of the pandemic, just coming off of the marathon? Um, no, actually, I, I actually remember getting back into training and I think I was just like, wanting I didn't have a great performance so I just I wanted to perform good I wanted to like get ready for that 10k and it's either that I just like I can tell that I didn't get to I didn't race to the tank because I felt like I recovered a lot quicker than you anticipated, I anticipated. Yeah. and so like I was having already decent workouts within like the first two weeks of us getting back mm -hmm. um but you didn't yeah you didn't race for a while though nah. like frank and maggie were really the only ones that had racing opportunities early yeah um so you were able to kind of take some time gain yeah. back into shape um your first race wasn't i mean you did the like low-key track meet here in boulder low-key mile <laughs> yeah but like your your first real race wasn't until uh, the Ekidin relay and the half marathon that were in Michigan in October that the Hansons team put on. Mm -hmm. Um, was it weird being back out of a competition considering the layoff? Like you're normally somebody that does like to race. Um, I think it, it was weird. Um, it was kind of like, Oh, what's this again? Uh, cause you're so used to just like always having races going on and then everything just stopped. Um, so like after the trials, I went home for two months or whatever and came back and then we were finally able to start practicing as a team again. Um, yeah, because we went April until July yeah, not meeting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like I think the Ekaden was very, very – I think it was exciting to like start kind of racing again with an Ekaden. Like – never running one before like learning the history of like japanese culture when it comes to that like that was pretty cool no pressure on time no it was just kind of like go out and have some fun um run hard yeah and like i like uh the, the course like that we ran at was very beautiful and everything like it was fun um yeah it's almost unfortunate that the weather you guys got on the ekaden day wasn't the same weather you guys got yeah. on the half day because the half day I mean, it's a challenging course just because it's rolling hills, but the half day just had the winds mm -hmm. that made it challenging. Yeah, it had the wind on, like, the back. So it would have been the start, and then when you come back around the loop for the, your second loop, you would have hit it again. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a um, – it was I, – I liked the course, but I was also like, man, I wish I could have ran on the road because yeah. it was a path, and we didn't shut it down, so there was still – people out there like walking. walker dog walkers so it wasn't a big field or anything but like it was yeah. still like kind of strange to run on a bike path that wasn't shut down but 
I don't know. I think yeah. they should do an academic again there, but it'd be cooler to do it on the road. Um, and I loved it from a coaching side because I could follow you guys around the entire loop and mm-hmm. it was easy to kind of spectate. It was challenging maybe for the Ekudin because I had to drive some of you to different spots and then yeah. pick up at different spots. But um, it was a it was a beautiful course and it was like it was a nice way to kind of ease back into competitions with some of yeah. those road races. I mean, between that and uh, the Marathon Project, those are probably the two biggest road races that happened in 2020 mm-hmm. domestically, at least yeah. um, once the pandemic started, that it was nice to kind of be able to participate in both of those yeah but the mar- half marathon didn't necessarily didn't. go well for you um i think i ran like 74 or something yeah um, now in hindsight i mean <laughs> you ran fast at the marathon project and you weren't yeah. really tapering for that and the conditions and the course weren't as fast as we were originally perceiving it to be yeah um so that may have all impacted why the times were the way that they were but we were obviously going in hoping for it to be faster. Yeah, I was I was kind of bummed because like everyone went and then I I just I couldn't go like like yeah. like I was just like like Aaliyah went I was like I I can't go with you right now I was like my legs like can't go any faster right now. Yeah. Um. Sometimes I've noticed in past stuff too like if I haven't raced in a while and then. I finally start racing. Sometimes my first race isn't always very good. Like, it's always kind of like... You need a little kick in the I need a little kick, yeah. And then after that, I think I had, like... I finally started having good workouts, and I was getting excited then to finally, like, run a real race. And I think then was... uh, The 10K. The 10K, so... Yeah, well, I, I mean, when you go back at fall of 2019 before your your big half marathon PR at Houston, you ran the Monterey Bay half and you ran the Pittsburgh 10 milers. And both of those were not great. Mm-hmm. I think you ran like 76 minutes at Monterey Bay. Monterey Bay. I like to say I went there, but I, I may or may have not. You did raced. a workout. Yeah. <laughs> a workout. <laughs> but it was also, it was the week after the 10 mile, the 10 mile you didn't run particularly great. I think you still finished what fourth or fifth. I, like, I was up, I was up there, but it was not, I not as well as you had performed the year before there I perform I I ran faster there the year before yeah Um, and so like that one was I don't know if I was just like I do remember I was kind of coming into like that I had that injury that happened in November and it was I don't know if it stemmed from those two races or not but I know I was not like I don't think I was in the mood to race. I was there. Well, you, you, and this is what brings us to the 10K and the marathon project because you classically, it really frustrates Aaliyah. And Maggie and Aaliyah are envious of your ability to do this. You could have terrible string of workouts, you have a terrible race, and then all of a sudden it's like, you decide to wake up and the light bulb goes on, and like all of a sudden your workouts start clicking. And, like, mentally you look like a killer when you're ready to go into a race. And then all of a sudden, like, you're – I mean, I your 7130 was was a good run for you, but it was – none of your stuff going into it was indicative you were ready to run that fast. Um, same thing with going into uh, the 10K and, and Marathon Project. Your workouts really started to click kind of 
two weeks before the the 10k about uh mid november and all of a sudden like like what you pr'd by 40 some seconds yeah at the at the 10k you ran 32 40 and then granted it's like a skewed 13 minute pr at the marathon because it was really your first true marathon but to run 232 is not easy when you're only running 70 miles a week and like you're still getting you've only done at, at that point a few half marathons um it's you go into a lot of these races with a, a blind confidence that sometimes you don't have the, you have one workout that you're like, okay, I'm ready to race. And it's like, whereas Aaliyah's like needs six to eight weeks <laughs> worth of consistency to feel confident, ready to race. Um, do you remember kind of when that moment was that kind of that light bulb went on in November? I do. Or, I so do, what was actually. the workout? It was a, we did K's, it was Aliyah and I doing K's, and you had us alternate. So I came off on the first 400, I think it was like 77 mid, I was to 78 was what I was supposed to go through, and then she was supposed to pass me because she was... Dropping it down. Yeah, she was dropping it down, and I was supposed to stay consistent at like 315, and I just like felt like pace was so easy, like it was... Like, it was, I knew it wasn't, but, like, it was just, like, during that, I felt, because then when Aaliyah would pass me and we had that last 200 for the K, I would try to catch back up to Aaliyah to, like, close it. Um, and then we had, like, a hard... Like a cut-down tempo, think, I think. Well, after that, the Ks, we also had a hard 800 at the end. I think it was a hard 800 or a hard 4. I can't remember which... To close. Yeah, to close. And I, I just felt good. Like, I felt strong. And I, that I remember clearly um, because it was my first real good consistent workout in, like, a few weeks. Which is still so funny <laughs> to me, though, because, like, that workout, yeah, maybe that indicates that you're ready to run a good 10K. <laughs> but, like, I told you I was going to send you out hard at the Marathon Project. We knew that they were going to have a pace group going out at... 229 and so it's like okay well there's really not a pace group that's established behind that mm -hmm. so might as well go out with it since we knew it was going to be a fast course and see what you can do just hang on as long as you can if you bomb maybe you still run 235 yeah. but just hold it together as best you can which is what you did to run 232 because you started fading off of that at what 15k 20k um yeah we i think it was around eight mile eight or nine mile um myself and like two other women fell off and um but then you were able to kind of pick a few people yeah. off that were coming off of that yeah. group because you kept it pretty strong after that yeah but that's that's what i mean it's like that k workout like yeah that's that's probably more appropriate for like getting ready for the 10k but not necessarily for the distance of the marathon if you want <laughs> i think if i look back at it so after the 10K at Sun Running, we had our final long run, which we did on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, it was um, a couple days after yeah. that 10K. We had 10 miles easy, or at least like at a steady pace, and then you had us cut down. And I didn't feel the greatest. I know that. Um, I remember that. I was like, my legs feel heavy. Um, and then... 
because Aaliyah was able to go ahead of me, or she went ahead of me a little bit, um, and I was I was staying kind of on pace, but it wasn't like oh I feel great. But then the last like three miles, like I was able to um, cut it down to the final pace that you wanted me to run. Yeah, it was close to marathon pace. Yeah, wasn't it? and I was like, okay, like. I felt like crap <laughs> during it, but, like, I was able to come back down to the pace. And, I, and after that was kind of like, okay, like, I'm actually in a lot better shape than what I, like, like, I feel like I could actually, like, run this marathon very strong. And I think it surprised you, too, like, recovering after that 10K. Yeah. Which, obviously, like, a lot of times after track 10Ks, Aaliyah said before, running hard in a track 10K, sometimes she feels more beat up than coming off of a marathon. Um, so I think that was encouraging that you guys were able to get right back into training a couple days later, especially running a 40-second-plus PR. Um, it showed you guys were in decent shape. And maybe, like, what, you were 15 seconds off of an Olympic trials standard. So it's like maybe had you been tapered, you were would have been capable of doing that because people in your heat did do that. Mm -hmm. um, but you guys really didn't back off much knowing that we had the marathon two weeks later. Yeah, I was I, – I remember, like, I was starting to feel the, the marathon legs of, like, just – aches and pains everywhere but when I would start doing workouts or running they would go away so I remember the week going into sound running I was just like my legs hurt so bad <laughs> and um which is something that like <laughs> you and I have I don't want to say we butted heads with it but it's been a constant back and forth of we've had to help you be okay with not feeling okay in every mm -hmm. workout because yeah. in the past like you said, you, you've had some injuries in the past, but some of those injuries, it's, it's been difficult for us to tell, like, were they actual injuries or some of that soreness that's starting to creep on with the increase in mileage? Cause you were what a 50, 55 mile a week in college. Yeah. And so 65 was still a bump for you. But like I reiterated a lot this fall, like, look, if you're going to be a marathoner, eventually we're going to have to get your mileage up. We were trying to get your mileage up a little bit more. I think your top was what? 75. Um, I hit 80 miles one time. One time. But then I was consistent between 74 to 77 miles. Mo the most you had ever been. Yeah. Yeah. The most consistency I had was definitely the build-up into the marathon project. Yeah. Um, and I think when we backed you down for that 10K, I think we only backed it down to 65 Yeah, we didn't 70. go down very far. So, yeah. I definitely, like, I didn't have heavy legs, but I do, like, like, now that we're focusing now on that 10K, like, it's like oh, what can I do when I'm really, like, sharpened for this 10K? And I think what's exciting to also think about is, like, if we can consistently get you slightly above 80s for your next marathon buildup, running 232 off of 70s, you have the room to make another big bump. Mm -hmm. Like we've said in the past on, on this podcast and with athletes, like, a lot of people, whether, I, I don't know, the they 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 force the mileage issue more so by trying to increase the mileage first as opposed to establishing speed at other types of 
uh, types of workouts or, or stimuluses, our philosophy is, okay, if we can establish the speed first, we can always increase the volume later, and it gives you another bump in strength once we're able to do that. Um, it just takes everybody different mm -hmm. timelines of when we can do that. You are following a similar timeline to how it was when I tried to bump Noah, where Noah stayed in the 70 to 80 range consistently for about three years before we started bumping his mileage. Um, but you have the room that you can make that next big performance boost the next time out you go and do that, which hopefully will be this fall slash winter, depending on which marathon we tend to target with you. Yeah. Does it excite you now trying to go into potentially hitting a Olympic trials 10K standard? It does. Uh, I mean, you've heard me talk about it. Like we talk about all these other races and it's like focus first goal 10K yeah. in the Olympic trials. Cause I think for me, like I come from a state and a school where like hitting the Olympic trials, like it's huge. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's, very big. I mean, there's some Not big... many people have done it. No, like, I mean, a lot of people know, like, Corey Immels, like, he's from North Dakota, so, like, he was a very good runner, like, growing he's up. He's now the coach at Boise State. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, like, there's a few other people, too, um, and, like... But you're now the fastest female in North Dakota history. As the marathon, as, uh... And, there's and a 10K, guy, I think. Yeah, right? there, yeah, there's a guy that kind of keeps track of it, um up from North Dakota, he doesn't have a list of the marathons, but he's pretty positive that I've had the fastest marathon from North Dakota, North Dakota born at least. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, I do have the fastest 10K now of 32.40. Um, but like, to, uh, we were talking about the, the Olympic trials. The Olympic trials, yeah. So like, uh, for me, like, I've never ran at the Olympic trials. Like, yes, not last year, but the year before, I probably could have made it in with my 10K. You mean the U.S. championships? Yeah, the uh, U.S. championships. Yeah. But, like, now it's, like, I, I chose not to do it. Um, I think we were focusing on something else. Uh, and, like, I also never ran at, like, in Eugene. Like, I never got to run at the old stadium, which kind of sad. I never got to see it before they tear it down, tore it down. Um and I just think this would be, like, a very, like, like, just to make it, like, that's the, like, I have other goals, but, like, the one goal is just to make it, and... It's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, like, we, we, as a sport, tend to operate a lot in four-year cycles because the Olympics is that culminating thing every four years, and in this case, the fifth year of that four-year mm -hmm. cycle, and... Like we said, it's exciting to qualify for the Olympic Trials Marathon, but you're with a couple hundred other people that also hit those qualifiers. Track is different because in a lot of instances, it's 24 people per event. This year will be unique on the women's 10K because there will be about 40 to 50 women yeah. in that event. I think there's 32 that have hit it up to this point, and there's going to be another 15 to 20 that I can count that have the potential to do that. Mm -hmm. So it'll make it more... Uh, a, a much larger event than historically, but still you're talking about a fraction of the number that have hit that qualifier compared to the marathon. And anyone listening, nothing against qualifying for the Olympic marathon trials, but there is an equalizer that happens when you have to put on spikes comparatively mm -hmm. to a lot of 
now granted there are some very good spikes out there now mm-hmm. comparatively to the past still not the same performance boost at least that we know of up to this point compared to the road racing flat so when you have an objective standard of 245 that doesn't equate anywhere near 3225 for the 10k i think it equates to more in like the mid 34 range for a 10k mm-hmm. um it's significantly harder to qualify for track. So it helps you establish, okay, there's a different level of credibility that comes with, I was one of 24 to 50 women that qualified for this respective event differently than the marathon trials. Yeah. And I I definitely, that's how I look at it too. Like, like I've always had a goal. I want to be up there with those top women. Like I want to be one of them. And like, for me, like, making it up there like that that's huge um and like i i moved out to boulder colorado for a reason and it was to run and it was to get better and it was to get faster and it was to to do stuff that like people have told me i i can't do and well uh, people may have told you that (laughs) but on the flip side, I have also been there saying, Lexi, you need to get your shit together because you are just as talented to be in that top group. So I was like, at a certain point, you've got to start showing I've it. also grown up. You, know, you have, have grown, grown up, up more since I moved out here. And I, I take, I give a lot of credit to Aaliyah and Richie because they have kept me accountable for a lot of things. We are your parents and your parents can't <laughs> but be here. This is very true. Um, I moved first time moving away from home was coming out here. Yeah. So, but that's, I mean, you were, you were a very accomplished division two runner. And one of your strengths, like I said earlier, was your blind confidence going into races. One of your strengths is also not being afraid to go with a top group. And if you do that enough, when your fitness is at that, that same level you're going to contend well you're going to run fast times and that's something that like part of the challenge on the post-collegiate level is getting yourself in the right level of competitions but in order to capitalize on those competitions it's having the right state of mind in order to compete with those women which is what i was telling you with gate river this weekend there's no difference with gate river this weekend finishing 11th or finishing 30th because ultimately what people care about are the top 10 so if you're 11th place or you're 30th place, doesn't really make much of a difference. Other than if you're 30th place, we'd say, oh, yeah, not a great race. No. But you could be 11th and still be in contention. But, like, in terms of what it all means, like, saying 11th place really doesn't mean the same as saying you finished 10th. But it also means that, like, look, you're inching your way closer to getting to that top group, which is where you belong based on success you had in college based on what we see as your potential at these longer distances. We know you're going to be a marathoner. The speed of 5Ks and 10Ks is still not in your wheelhouse, but you're showing the ability to contend with those women. Yes. If you have to admit, I finally PR'd in my 400. You I did. Have a workout. Yes. So, finally ran a 67. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, if you can run 67 <laughs> consistently, that's uh, the next goal. This is true. I would like to do that consistently. Yeah. Consistently. Um, but like, like I do notice like in the speed and all that, like it has been coming along. Um, and it's been improving every year. Yeah. And so like, I think that's how like the marathon project, like we looked at back at my splits and 
like I think I'm thankful for that 10k because at the end of that marathon I was I was dropping back down like we were looking at us dropping back down to like 525.15 finishing strong in like the last 800k left and so of your 10k uh, no of the marathon oh, project of the marathon yeah. Project. yeah um so like like it I'm getting there it, it's it's a lot slower than like how in college I went from one year as like this tiny freshman to like excelling my sophomore year but like this I'm I'm consistently growing each yeah year. and I think like I said after the marathon project the large portion of that is um getting used to the speed of some of the workouts getting used to some of the volume and seeing a little bit um like more confidence as you're going into some of these higher profile events where you're not, you're not, um, intimidated by some of the people that you're competing against. It's now finding your, cause I think that first year out, you would focus more on the people that you were familiar with the other D two D three runners that you would contend against, not as much of just going to compete for placing. It was like, okay, I want to compete against the people that I know. Mm -hmm. Um, now it's becoming much more about, okay, I want to try to inch up to that top group. So um, you've come a long way. Obviously, you're you're still making strides each season, but um, it'll be exciting if you are able to hit that the 10K standard in, in May, um, the next time you'll run a 10K, um, to be able to, to call yourself an Olympic track trials qualifier. Because I know when we look back on Aaliyah's 2016, we she finished 10th at the marathon trials, but we – being being in that Hayward Field uh, 10K was was special. So hopefully you'll join Maggie there pretty soon. Yeah. Hopefully Aaliyah will join the two of you as well um, so we could have a, a few of you out there. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, but first step, you got to take care of business this weekend. <laughs> I do. I do got to take care of business this weekend first. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, ex I'm excited to race. Um, it's been more of since the marathon project just – getting back into that shape again and I do feel like uh this it's this build up now like I've actually felt more strong in this type of build up than I have in the past like yeah. getting ready for a race and so like my 400 times are a lot faster like doing workouts and like the times that we're doing like my repeats are more consistent than me trying to get to that point like they're at the higher end of me trying to well and we we should point out i mean at the beginning of january you ended up getting covid I coming did. coming back <laughs> from christmas break and you had you had gone to see your family over christmas and ended up coming back and and had covid and um it caused you like i didn't let you run at all you mm -hmm. took two weeks completely off you were quarantined at the house you didn't leave your house for two <laughs> weeks didn't. like you were you were a good quarantiner <laughs> Um, but it, it obviously like it set you, you were going to run the Austin meet in February. It set you back a little bit for racing. Um, but what it also inadvertently may have done is given you a little bit of extra recovery time coming off of the marathon also helped you be a little bit more excited and aggressive when you started getting back into training that we started seeing things click a little bit sooner than we expected. The mm -hmm. first couple weeks were rough, but then it started <laughs> yeah. clicking, clicking pretty soon. So um, overall though, coming off of that, no, you haven't had any issues mm -hmm. like training has felt normal again. 
You were yeah. only symptomatic, I think, for two days. Yeah, it was really just the headache. That was basically it. Um, I was tired, but I didn't. I After, like, the fourth day, I was like, I'm going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel normal. <laughs> I feel normal, but I can't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I had my dog, Charlie, so that was that. Was that. <laughs> yeah, but now, I mean, obviously, like, you've gotten back into the swing of things, and you're on an upswing right now going into Gate River. Um, we're, we're expecting you to compete pretty well. It's a loaded field, but not one that I think you should be intimidated by. And then you'll have uh, you'll have a little bit of runway going into the race in, in May. So you've got some good things coming up. And, I mean, consistency has been something that has, has helped you make some big improvements, and that's something that we hope for again here after the, following this race going into mm-hmm. the Olympic trials. So, yeah. Well, good luck this weekend. Um, obviously like we'll, we'll send out updates and results on how everyone does on our newsletter, but, um, yeah, good luck and, and contend well. Thanks. <laughs>